Welcome to the Mystery of the Mind, a podcast that discusses all the strange and mystifying ways us humans behave. The easiest things in life are those we don't think about. When you wake up in the morning and get out of bed, you start your day by doing your morning routine. Even though you may not think you have a routine, you've most likely been doing the same things in the same order each day. You may start your day by putting on your clothes, or drinking your morning coffee, or taking a quick shower. And whatever you do is all a part of the habits that guide you through that early morning and the rest of your day. Habits are a biological process in each of us and many other species which aims to make our lives easier. How, you may ask? Well, all those things that we do day after day after day that are a routine, as you can say, become a habit after being repeated many times. When you're walking, do you think of every step you're taking? I'm guessing not. When you brush your teeth, are you thinking of how you will brush your teeth and if you'll start left or right? No, because this process has just become automatic. So you do it as if with no thought at all. Dressing yourself, backing your car out of the garage. This is an action that used to be so complicated when you're first learning how to drive. It was an incredibly complicated thing to do and it required a huge amount of concentration and effort but now you barely think about it and that's the exact essence of habits. Habits define every aspect of our lives from buying groceries in the supermarket to smoking and like any other thing in life it's a double-edged sword and filled with great things and some things that may not be so great. Habits are what make getting up in the morning and going to school a bit easier or getting up earlier for a 20-minute run. But it's also what can make alcohol addictive and gambling compulsive. It's important to understand that habit is a process that's instilled with us and it's doing its job whether it's making a habit out of healthy eating or overspending and what has been done can be reversed because as you form habits you can break habits it's just about willpower and believing that you're in control habits aren't unique to homo sapiens but one of the things that makes us human is our unparalleled ability to form new habits change old ones and break destructive ones we can consciously change our habits to make ourselves better people Now let's use this benefit to our advantage. A great example for how habits can change your life is Lisa Allen, who was able to change her whole life by changing just one habit, which caused a ripple effect and spread throughout her life. Now, Lisa Allen started smoking and drinking at the age of 16, and throughout her whole life, she struggled with obesity. In her mid-twenties, she had a $10,000 debt, and her longest job was less than a year. But then, her whole life changed. 
Now, she was getting a divorce because her husband had cheated on her, and then she traveled to Cairo. And while she was there, she was depressed and in a bad place. She felt helpless. She felt that she needed to go. So she decided that she would come back to Egypt in one more year and trek through the desert. But at that point in her life, it felt impossible. She had no money. She was unhealthy and out of shape. But the one thing she knew was that she had to quit smoking. So she went back to her home and decided to quit smoking. So instead of smoking each day, she began jogging. and started saving money she changed how she ate she started planning for the future and a year later she went back to cairo and trekked through the desert now she is a sporty runner and she looks very young for her age she's slender she has no debts and she's been working in a graphic design company for over 3 years It's been 4 years since her last cigarette. She lost 30 kilograms. She ran a marathon. She bought a home and she is now in the process of getting a master's degree. As you can see, her life turned upside down from that moment when she was back at Cairo to where she is now. That's because Lisa reprogrammed her whole life by focusing on one habit. which was a keystone habit and turned her whole life around finding that one keystone habit is all that we want and the only way we can do that is by is through absorbing our daily lives and finding out what needs to change for lisa allen that was smoking she knew that she could never achieve her goal if she continued smoking and by changing smoking in her routine her health changed because she changed her diet and she changed how she slept she changed how she planned and that's how she totally changed her life and now let's look at a different example that shows how habits can impact a person's life Eugene Polly was a 71-year-old man married with children and even grandchildren. But then disaster struck. He started suffering from viral encephalitis, which was usually a harmless virus, but in some rare cases it would make its way to the brain where our thoughts and memories live and it would start eating them up and harming them so they wouldn't function properly. He was hospitalized as the hospitals tried to cure him and he slipped into a coma because the virus had taken out a part of his brain responsible for forming memories and keeping long and short-term memories, but the overall virus also had an effect by fevers and other problems. Anyways, they had cured him, but he still had suffered memory loss and amnesia and couldn't form any new memories. He couldn't remember his kids, his grandkids. He couldn't even remember being in the hospital and having amnesia. But there was a weird and curious thing about Eugene. His habits had somehow kept the same and he was able to form new habits. For example, when he was asked to draw a map of his home he wasn't able 
but then suddenly he would just stand up and go to the bathroom right back without hesitation, as if he knew where it was all this time. When they were out on the walk and he was asked what's the shape of his home or where it is, he wouldn't know, but every time he would take the same walk and go to his home as if it was by magic. He would have breakfast three to four times a day, every time he would nap, and he would wake up thinking it's morning, go to the kitchen, and make bacon and eggs. It was as if his life was now controlled by the habits, because since habits weren't in the same area of the brain as memories and long-term and short-term, even though he lost all these memories, he hasn't lost the habits that had ruled his entire lifetime. Eugene can be seen as an example of how habits can keep going even if we've forgotten them. They're a powerful tool, and they're what make Eugene go somewhat back to his old life after what happened to him during the illness. Eugene Paul was truly fascinating, and he was studied by scientists for almost all of his life after the incident. And he has given us much of the information that we now know about habits and how they're formed. Because one of the weirdest things is that he was able to form new habits even after his accident. It wasn't just his old habits. So he was fully capable of creating new habits, changing old habits, and breaking old habits even after what had happened. I've been talking about habits for a long time, but how do they work? Now, the habit process is divided into three unique parts. First, you have the cue, then the routine, then the reward. Now, this is the cycle of habits. You first start by a cue, something that triggers the habit. And then when it's triggered, a certain action happens, and this is the routine. And when you're done, there is a reward, a certain feeling, sensation, or a physical reward given to you by completing the routine. Now, an example of this can be smoking. Now, you could feel tired. Now, this tiredness and exhaustion could be the cue. And then the routine could be smoking. The reward is that you get this energy and discomfort and this extra simulation and energy from smoking. Now, this is a cycle. Different cycles could be running, jogging, and any habit in existence. Now, this is the basic formula, and it's very simple to how habits work. And hacking it is quite easy to create new habits or break old habits. But this is what we're going to discuss in our next segment. In this segment, we're going to discuss how other companies can manipulate this process and how they can manipulate habits to their profit. Now, an old country back in the 20th century called Febreze had made an odor-canceling spray. Now, this spray could neutralize any odor in existence. And they thought it was going to be a big hit, and they tested it with many people, and people seemed to like it. In their campaigns, they would 
show for example a person with a dog and they would say that not your whole house has the smell of the dog so you would spray Febreze and the smell would go away. But the product didn't quite launch as they expected. A very small amount of people used it and it wasn't very good. So they started studying and seeing the people who actually bought it, how they used it. And they found that people who had very stinky houses weren't aware of the smell and didn't use it at all. Or it was maybe because they wasn't able to admit that their house smelled. And nobody ever wants to admit that their house is smelly. smelly. Now they found that one woman, when she cleaned her house, after she finished each room, she would spray Febreze to neutralize the odor, especially she had teenagers and so on. And they decided to market on this idea. Instead of the cue being that the house smells bad, so the routine is Febreze, and the reward being that the house doesn't smell bad anymore or doesn't smell of dogs or smoke, now Febreze was the reward of cleaning. So they added a little bit of smells like flower smells and natural smells that would make it smell appealing other than neutralized odor. And they started marketing that they would put in the commercials, the woman cleaning the room and making the bed, and at the end she would spray Febreze. Now this was perfect because it created a craving. Now what happened was at the end when you finish the room, Febreze was the reward of that habit. You would do the routine, which is cleaning the room, and then you would spray Febreze. And Febreze created a dependency or a craving because you would smell the smell of Febreze, so you'd feel that the room is clean. And that's how it has become a multi-million dollar company. And it is very popular now, and there are many other brands based off of it. Now let me tell you of another company. A toothpaste company called Pespodent who was able to use the habit loop in an amazing way to make this product extremely profitable. Now let me tell you the beginning of the story. So back again in the 20th century, there was a national dental issue. Many, many, many people were brushing their teeth and it was a big issue. All different toothpaste companies have tried and tried to get to market their products, but it was not working at all. And then Pespodent came along, and the maker of Pespodent, they decided to market by saying that there was this film around your teeth, and if you put your tongue or around your teeth, you would feel it. And, well, if you use the toothpaste, then this film would go away and you would have beautiful teeth. Now, this film is around our teeth anyways, but he used it as a way to show people that they needed to brush their teeth. And it worked. But there were some things behind the scenes that not a lot of people knew. Even in his autobiography, he didn't spend any time mentioning it. Now, back then... Most toothpaste had very similar ingredients, but Pospodent had two peculiar ingredients, citric acid and mint oil. 
Now, these two ingredients create a cool tingling sensation in our tongue, and we still feel it almost a century later in our tongue when we brush our teeth. You feel that little cool feeling as if air is passing through your mouth and it's so minty. And a new thing Pespodent included was foaming. When you brush your teeth now, they foam all around the teeth. But that doesn't do anything, along with the citric acid and mint oil. It doesn't help brushing your teeth in any way. But the reason he added it was to create a craving. So now, each day when you wake up in the morning, if you don't brush your teeth, you're going to feel as if you're missing that cool sensation. And that creates a cue. So when you brush your teeth, you get the reward of that sensation in your tongue and the foaming. And you may have noticed or not, but it's the same thing with the shampoo. In the shampoo, what they do is that they put this foaming ingredient to make it foam when you move it around in your hand and your hair. Foaming doesn't do anything. It doesn't help washing, but it makes you feel as if the shampoo is doing its job which in the end makes you use it and makes you believe that it's doing its job, even if it is doing its job. Now, this is how companies are using these habit loops. And this is how we can use them too. By finding the cue and doing the routine and the reward, we can also manipulate our habits. And I'll go into more detail over the next segment. How can we change habits? I'm sure that's the question you've been wanting me to answer all along. And here it is. Changing habits is simple, but at the same time complicated. It's simple in theory, but it does take a lot of willpower and persistence to do it. And it's not that easy to apply. Now, to change a habit, you need to keep the cue and the reward. Just change the routine. So let's go back to the smoking example. If you want to change the habit of smoking, you need to first find out what is the cue. And that's something I'll explain at the end. But now, if you found out what is the cue and it's exhaustion, for example, and you're just smoking because the nicotine gives you power and energy. Now, what you can do is keep the cue so when you feel exhausted, you can change the routine so instead of smoking, you can have coffee, which can also simulate the same effects and give you the same energy as reward. If you bite your nails, that may be because of tension, and that's the cue. And you may get to physical simulations when you're done, and that's the reward. So instead of biting your nails, you can rub your nails around the table or do something else to get that physical simulation. Now, it is hard, and making new habits is always going to get harder before it gets easier. But it's always important to focus on understanding the loop. Now, I said how you can change a habit, but creating new habits, you need to create a reward and a cue so that you can create a new habit. If you want to start jogging every day in the morning, you can make the cue is that by laying out your clothes at night. So now this is your cue. So you'll wake up in the morning, you'll take the clothes and you'll start running. The reward can be anything you want. It can be a smoothie you'll have after. 
it could be some little extra shopping you're gonna do next time you're at the mall but it's important to remember the loop and you also need to remember it will always get harder before it gets easier and later you're gonna start craving the sense of accomplishment and endorphins that gives you when you start running and jogging but you not just need to power through now back to how you can change habits now to change habits you need to recognize the cue so when the routine you're trying to change happens you need to fill out a certain like card now you don't need to fill it out in pen and paper but it's going to be much more effective if you fill it out in pen and paper or you can just do it as a recording on your phone but i do not suggest doing it mentally now you just need to write down the location of when the routine that you're trying to change happened the time what's your emotional state other people if there were any present and what exactly happened before the immediate preceding action now this is to help you figure out what's the cue so sometimes you just go snacking if you're trying to change your diet and so on you just snack at a certain time or when you're sad or when you're with certain people or when you're at a certain place or if you did something exactly before it now this helps identify the cue so when you identify the cue you can try to change the routine and keep the same reward and again it won't be easy but it's worth it now breaking habits is also about finding the cue the routine and the reward but breaking habits is much much harder this is why all professionals suggest that you can that don't break a habit but change it it's like you're not going to stop smoking but you're going to replace the cigarette with coffee do we truly have free will are we free in the choices that we make and are they truly our choices habits control about 40% of our life and our control over them is minimal until we realize what habits are but believing in the control that you have over habits may just give you enough control to overcome them and change them according to your will habits may make our lives easier but creating changing or breaking them is difficult but it is still highly possible with willpower and persistence this episode is about making you aware of the effect of habits on our lifestyle and giving you the tools and awareness that you need to break your bad habits and be able to change them into habits that could truly change your life habits are a part of the things that make us human because we are the only species that has power over them and has the capabilities to control them instead of making them control us and this is what being human is all about improving and developing so what do you want to change in your life how can habits change your life and make it easier for you to achieve success or become healthy or over change a bad habit you've always wanted to change 
Please share your questions and comments on my Facebook page, Mystery of the Mind, and follow the page for my weekly posts. And tune in next time as we tackle another mystery.